You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. Man, have I heard a ton of opinions about the New York Jets today. And the fact is, the opinions that I keep hearing seem to have gotten accountability all wrong. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Jason Fitz flying solo for the next couple hours. It's Friday, and you know that that means we're going to have a good time. We're going to let you guys chime in on the conversation as we go. We're going to do some You Got One. You guys can chime in on Twitter, at Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests will join us on the Goodyear Hotline, and you can even hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I'm just like you. I sat up last night. I watched with wonder as Sam Darnold, who, in fairness, to toot my own horn, toot toot, I told you, I thought would be the uh, the comeback player of the year uh, winner because of the change of scenery that comes with going to Carolina. Now, that being said, we all watched him play against a bad Texans team last night, and that led everybody, myself included, to listen to all of the takery today when it comes to the New York Jets. The question of what did the Jets do and what should the Jets have done? Now, you're talking about Sam Darnold, who, by the way, has passed for 888 yards this season. That's the second most during a 3-0 start by any quarterback making his first three starts with the team. That's the most ever for him in three games. You're talking about an efficiency, a confidence when he drops back. You're talking about, I'll use the college football term we all hate, the eye test shows you how in control he is with everything that's happening. And it's early in a new system. And we've all seen it. Now, it's perfectly possible that Zach Wilson's going to turn out to be spectacular. It's possible that the Jets are going to have the quarterback of the future and everybody wins. But the conversation today has been absolutely wrong by so many people when it comes to the simple concept of accountability. I'll tell you why. When you start thinking about the Jets, it's easy to say, oh, Adam Gase blew it. And he did. Adam Gase didn't know what he was doing, and he obviously didn't. Let me be very clear. Adam Gase right now should carry around little business cards that say, I'm sorry. And every time he walks into a room and there are other football coaches in the room with him, he should hand that coach over and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I ever used the same term to describe what I do as what you do. Because now we've seen Adam Gase attempt to ruin two different quarterbacks in Tannehill and Darnold. We all know this. So it's easy to say, hey, new chapter, new era, new regime, new mindset, new Jets. No. I'm not buying it for one important reason. Timing. Think about it. It's not a situation where Robert Salah was was, uh, hired and had no idea what they were going to do or the quarterback situation had already been given out to him. I've got a couple of buddies that used to be head coaches in the NFL, and I've talked to them repeatedly about the coaching process, what it's like when you're actually interviewing for a job as a head coach. And one of the things you do in that like 18-hour interview that we always hear about is you not only talk about your system and what you think you would do and the staff that you would bring with you, you also talk about the players on that roster and how you would utilize them. It means you've done scouting. One thing you do to prepare for that interview is you go in and you look at everybody. And you cannot convince me there's any chance that the Jets had an interview where they didn't talk about their starting quarterback with their future head coach. Joe Douglas was in the room, right? 
I mean, Joe Douglas, Robert Salah in the room, they're, they're talking about it. They're deciding what they're going to do. And what did they decide to do? The gentlemen in the room today were the people that decided to trade Sam Darnold. I'll say it again. The gentlemen in the room right now that are wearing Jets green, that are prepping for Sunday, those are the guys that decided to trade Sam Darnold. Now, we can talk about the financials on it all day long. You know, they didn't want to pay him. They didn't, want to, they didn't want to go out there and put all this money in when they weren't sure what they had. Why? Why wasn't Joe Doug- Douglas sure what he had? Because at least right now, it certainly looks like he has a competent quarterback. Do you, yes, Christian McCaffrey, it makes that a little easier. Having Christian McCaffrey certainly makes it easy to come in and look competent as quarterback. But even after Christian McCaffrey was out for the game, still looked to me like Sam Darnold knew what he was doing. The Panthers are sitting at 3-0. and Matt Rule has changed the culture there. You know, Joe, uh, Joe Brady has brought in a passing game that we all knew we were going to fall in love with from his time at LSU. And Sam Darnold's in control of what experts have told me is a very difficult offense to get in control of. How can we not look at that and say, okay, why did the people in the room today decide not to use the second overall pick on somebody that could help their quarterback? Why did they not decide to trade their second overall pick to get more equity in the draft? Why did the people within the halls right now of the Jets decide that the best solution for the future of the franchise was to let a quarterback walk away that is now playing well? It's a fair question. You guys can be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation, by the way, on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. College football's back, so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. I mean, you hear it from a coach, and I know coaches can only say uh, so many things, but Matt Rule had this to say about his quarterback and the way that he's handling himself. I think one thing about Sammy has some moxie, man. I mean, he's I mean, stayed in the pocket, had that long run called back, but... You know, finding Terrace on the third and 12. I mean, there were some huge conversions by Sam. And, again, it's him just playing within the system. But also I think he has a courageousness that, you know, um, he, he's not crossing the line going over the top. He's, he's protecting the football and still pushing the ball down there. And that's just that's what we've seen. It matches what we've seen. Spain and Fitz, Jason Fitz flying solo tonight, presented by Progressive Insurance. It, it matches what we've seen with our eyes so far. Now, let's be real. It's only three games. And you're right, over the course of the next year, year and a half, maybe Zach Wilson becomes lights out, maybe Sam Darnold normalizes. Unfortunately, we don't have the benefit of holding off in this business. And that's true across the board. As I was saying to somebody today, long term, we have no idea how Brady versus Bill is going to play out, do we? Long term, do you have any idea whether or not the Patriots have done the right things to make sure that they can continue to win Super Bowls? Nope. And if in a decade we're sitting here and Mac Jones has six Super Bowls also? Boy, we're going to have a much different conversation than we'll have next week because that's the way this business works. Has anybody wanted to give any long-term thought to the very similar concept of John Gruden walking in the room and deciding to, to trade Khalil Mack because they don't want to pay him? I mean, realistically, nobody cares about that side of it. Like Decisions are made in a split instant. And while I, I, I want to believe in Zach Wilson because I think Jets fans de- de- deserve some joy. While I want to believe that that can happen, today, it's okay for all of these things to be true. It's okay to have hope over Zach Wilson. At the same time, it's okay to look at Sam Darnold and say, hey, it's only three games. Maybe he's going to fall back. But today, right now, you also have to be adult enough to look at it and say, it's also possible we let a quarterback walk away. 
And as easy as it is to blame Adam Gase, and as much as he deserves blame for all of the things that he did terribly as a head coach for the New York Jets, the blame for Sam Darnold not being in the building today, not being there right now, doesn't fall at Adam Gase's feet. It falls to the people that will still be wearing polos that are green and white on Sunday. Don't forget it. And those are the people that have to be held accountable if Sam Darnold goes on to be lights out in Carolina and Zach Wilson doesn't. We're just getting rolling on a Friday edition. Triple Eight, say ESPN. You guys can debate me. You guys can chime in. Love to make it interactive so we can have some fun on a Friday. But coming up, could Sunday be the most important regular season of one quarterback's career? We'll tell you about it next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM channel 80. Sarah Spain on a much-deserved uh, little uh, respite. She's getting a few days off. She's uh, out on the beach, I think, somewhere. Uh, I'm Jason Fitz flying solo on this Friday night. We're going to get you guys involved in the conversation. Fear not. You can hit me up at Jason Fitz with any of your thoughts along the way. But uh, as we get you set for a massive weekend across the NFL and college football, we'll focus a little on the NFL here by heading over to the Goodyear Hotline where we are joined by Lindsey Jones, the athletic NFL writer, joining us on that Goodyear Hotline. Lindsey, thanks so much for the time on a Friday night. You got better things to do than hang out with me. And I appreciate you doing that. Obviously, a lot to get caught up on. When we look at Sam Darnold last night, it, when are you surprised by how well he has played for Carolina? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we all are, right? I mean, the, one of the biggest questions going into the soft season as we looked at all the quarterbacks in new places, and there were a lot of them, was, you know, would Sam Darnold be able to kind of resurrect his career? And yes, it's still a small sample size, only three games, but he's had back-to-back 300-yard games. He hasn't just been really efficient. He's also going down the field and got a little lucky last night in the two times that he put the ball on the ground. The two fumbles were both recovered by the Panthers, but he hasn't been turning over the ball. Like, he hasn't been throwing, you know, multiple interceptions. And that was, you know, one of his biggest downfalls with the Jets among you know, a lot of other things that went poorly this time in New York. But, you know, and I think it's been, you know, it's, it's been kind of nice to see, you know, you, you want to, you know, reclamation projects and for a guy to kind of have a nice little comeback and, you know, so far so good. And, you know, I, I think a lot of quarterbacks are going to look pretty good against the Texans this year, but, you know, I think what he had one incompletion after uh, after Christian McCaffrey left the game. He had a bunch of completions that were over twenty yards. So, you know, this has been a re- it's becoming a really fun offense to watch. The big question now is, you know, his his safety valve is going to be gone for a while. And they played fine without Christian McCaffrey yesterday. When you're playing against the Texans, who are going to be one of the you know the worst two or three teams in the NFL, you know, how can they keep that up? you know, long-term when you don't have one of the best, most versatile running backs in the game. Yeah, that's a really interesting question, Lindsay, because, you know, uh, anybody here covering college football, uh, we've all fallen in love with Chuba Hubbard. Like, he he was great in college. Not good, great, right? So he goes to this situation where you think he's just never going to be used, and now suddenly he finds himself in the fire. Like, how? what do you expect from the Panthers? Do they rework things in your mind to sort of work to his strengths, or do they ask Chuba to have a really Christian McCaffrey-like role? Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. Christian McCaffrey is just such like a singular talent. You know, he just does so many things that really nobody else can do. You can't really re- uh, recreate exactly his contributions. You know, but because what, you know, when he is in there, when Christian McCaffrey is playing, you know that he's going to be such a huge part of the passing game. And so the question is, can can Hubbard do that? 
you know, is he ready for that role in pass protection and as a pass catcher? And just does he, you know, mentally know everything that he needs to know? And that's pretty rare for a rookie, you know, week three, week four, to be up to speed on every facet of the offense, to be, you know, a factor in, you know, all all facets of the game. So, you know, I think they're going to lean on him heavy. They don't really have another choice. I mean, he's going to be the guy that they're going to have to ride with. Um, it's going to put a lot on Sam, Dar- Sam Darnold now um, to kind of be the guy who's directing all of that. And it's going to be, you know, really interesting and fun to watch. And hey, look, they, you know, you know, you can't complain about that. If you're, if you have to retool some things, it's nice to have to do it at three and zero as opposed to, you know, one and two. Oh, that is so true. We're talking to Lindsey Jones, the athletic NFL writer, and obviously the big matchup for so many fans this weekend, Bucks, Rams, you've got them ranked number one and number two in your power rankings. Yeah. What do you think the key to this game is? Whew, I'm excited. I'm going to that game. Um, it's going to be my first, you know, first game of the season that I'm uh, going to on the road. So I'm, I'm really, really excited for this matchup. And, you know, it's, it's just there's so many interesting matchups. It's like it's hard to pick exactly one. You know, the Rams defense, I think, has, you know, on paper should be one of the best defenses in the league. We've seen some vulnerabilities out of them through a couple of weeks. Um, the Bucks offense is just playing at kind of a different level right now. And, they're not going to have Antonio Brown, which is going to, you know, take a little bit of firepower, firepower out of that uh, wide receiver room. But gosh, I, don't, I just don't know how even a defense as loaded as the Rams are, how you answer for all of those different offensive weapons. So, you know, this is like as good of a kind of schematic matchup as you can hope for, um, you know, on both sides of the ball when you talk about. Rams offense against the Bucks defense. You know, it's just there's just so many things I'm really looking forward to. This a lot of individual matchups. Like where is Jalen Ramsey is going to play? Is he going to be more in the slot? Is he going to cover Mike Evans? If he doesn't cover Mike Evans, who on earth is going to do that? There's just a lot of really really fun things that we can focus on for those, you know, three and a half hours Sunday afternoon. It's, it's interesting to me, Lindsay, because, you know, I went to the first Raiders game in the new stadium in Vegas and had no idea what to expect from a home field crowd. I'm still trying to figure out what to expect from SoFi. What do you expect the home field crowd to be like for the Rams in this game? Uh, yeah, I, I don't really know. I mean, I, look, there's the Bucks have a lot of fans. I think and probably a lot more fans lately than they have, you know, if this had been five years ago. You know, I think there's probably also a lot of Tom Brady fans out there that might want to show up for this game. I do think the Rams have a pretty good fan base in their ticket sales. This isn't going to be a Chargers home game where it would probably really be 50-50 if that. But yeah, it's going to be fun to see it fully rocking. Um, It was one of the most look, I would have gone to that game if it was on Mars, but the fact that it's in that new stadium and getting to kind of see, you know, NFC Championship game preview, potentially. We could be seeing one of these teams back there in that stadium in February for the Super Bowl. Lindsay, real quick before we let you go, obviously announcement today that Monday night football is going to get, or Monday night will get a first-round playoff game. Any idea why the league decided to put a Monday night game in? Uh, money. <laughs> money, <laughs> yeah, money, 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 money. Yeah, I mean, I think when they expanded the playoffs, that was putting three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and that left, you know, kind of an undesirable Saturday, you know, like early Saturday afternoon window. And now you have a much more desirable, you know, Monday night primetime game where, you know, we don't know exactly what the network matchups are going to be for all of that. You would assume that Monday night football would get to go on ESPN instead of that. ESPN usually got that very first game on Saturday afternoon. So, um, yeah, oh, it, it always comes back to money. And, you know, I know that the team who – ends up winning that game and then has to play in a short week might grumble a little bit about the logistics, especially if that game is, you know, they're, they're on the road, but, but look, um, you know, the NFL 
make is making oh. billions and billions of dollars from their new TV deal. So um, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. Uh, amen. Lindsay, uh, we'll let you go, but I got to ask, I, you're a talker practice, right? Like, uh, how, am, how, how's yes. it looking? Like, how, how's this? Give me the scouting report on the team. How they, how's it look this year? Sure. Well, these are the, the U6 pineapples. Uh I, I don't know that. I think we're two and zero, oh, maybe, maybe one and one. Uh, my daughter is the smallest and most enthusiastic on the team. That is she hasn't scored any goals, but she likes to cheer. So. Uh, you know, a hundred percent. Number one, I'm sorry to interrupt soccer practice because that's really amazing that you get to go. Number two, I appreciate you taking time on a Friday during soccer practice just to hang out with us. Be sure to read her on the Athletic, <laughs> Lindsay. As always, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Sure. Thanks for having me. You know, it, 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 for me, in my mind, guys, uh, I, it's going to be really interesting to see this Monday night game. We're going to get to it in a second. But I, a lot of you guys want to chime in on the uh, on the Sam Darnold issue. We'll let you. John in South Carolina. John, what's going on, man? Thanks for calling the show. What do you got for me? Well, I was the guy that called a long time ago at, not the, at the draft saying the Panthers should have taken Justin Fields and let him compete and see, and then, you know, but I got to tell you, I'm 68. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Sam. I got to give the team credit. And, you know, losing the Caffer, yeah. But so you're not going to get 175 total yards out of this guy, but if he plugs in and does that, and I don't know if he can catch. I haven't paid attention about that. But if he can catch at all, he can still do 120, and that should be enough. They should they should, they, that, they should be 6-2 and two before they hit the hard part of the schedule. Oh. And their defense. Crazy it is. No, man, their defense. No one knows has seen it. They're gonna they're gonna do really well. Now the second half, I don't know. Well, Your turn. <laughs> I'm with you. John, thanks for the call, man. I'm with you on this defense, by the way, which is number one in the league in a bunch of different metrics at this point. Uh and Houston last night looked absolutely abysmal even attempting to run the ball, which was I think sort of an interesting statement. When it comes to Chuba, uh he wasn't used a ton as a receiver in college. Uh pulling up his numbers here. He had twenty two catches his freshman year, twenty three his sophomore year, only eight his junior year, but that was a limited uh year for him. But uh, Chuba Hubbard isn't good. He's great. I mean in college I think he was a great running back. I'm really excited to get and see him get his shot, even though his shot's going to look much different than Christian McCaffrey stylistically. So you guys want to keep chiming in. We will let you keep chiming in. Plus, Justin Fields will get his first NFL start on Sunday against the Browns and a star in Cleveland making the return to the field. We'll get you updated on all of it. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Jason Fitz, flying solo tonight. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. With insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more, all you have to do is visit 1-800, uh, just call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and visit progressive.com. But I'm just going to let you guys in behind the fourth wall here. Like, it was up on a screen, screen changed, I forgot what I was reading. You know, reading's hard on a Friday night, that's on me. I will figure out how to read before the end of the night, no promises. If you listen to the show, you know that that's not always a guarantee. We'll get to some NFL quickies in a second because that's just fun to do. But you guys want to chime in on Sam Darnold and the Jets and who's to blame and all of it. So Chris in Sacramento, Chris, appreciate your call, man. Thanks for calling the show. What do you got? Yeah, thanks a lot, Fitz. Hey, I, I jumped in the car right as you started talking about uh, uh, the management decision to let Darnold go, and I initially thought you were right on the money. Uh, and then I thought about it a little bit more, and I was thinking, well, with with that philosophy in mind, wouldn't we want to also say the same thing about the Panthers who let uh, Bridgewater go to the Broncos? Bridgewater seems to be playing well with the Broncos. 
And it looks like the Panthers are taking a, a massive hit uh, in dead money. I was looking at it, and it looks like they're taking uh, like $17 million in dead money, uh, and the Broncos only have to pay $4.5 million uh, for Bridgewater, uh, which, again, he seems to be playing well. And then also with the game last night, I also felt like watching, uh, watching uh, uh, Darnold play, he started off well, but it seemed like as soon as McCaffrey went out, in my opinion, it looked like things uh, got to be pretty sloppy, even though he still put up the uh, the 300-plus yards. still seemed like the defense is what really kept putting that ball back in his hands to, to rack up those numbers. So I just thought a few of those points kind of came to mind when you were talking about that initial uh, thought of, of uh, the Jets letting uh, letting Darnold go, uh, which I'm a, I'm a Darnold fan. I'm kind of rooting for him. I want to see him do well, but I don't know if necessarily, you know, we could say that without also passing on some of that philosophy to the Panthers and what they did in letting Bridgewater go. That, that's fair. I think part of that, and Chris, thanks for the call, man. I really appreciate it. I, the, the one thing I would say, and you're not wrong about anything you said with Bridgewater, uh, the two things that I would say about that that really factor into that that concept for me is that even with the dead cap you're car- they're carrying, and you're right, this year as a team, the cap, according to SpotTrack, they're, cover- they're carrying $45.8 million in dead cap. That's a ton of dead cap. But they still have almost $22 million in cap space. So they still have a bunch of money there that's available for them to play with. So I think that has to factor into it. And part of the reason that I question the decision so much is the power that comes with having the number two overall pick. Like, that's the equity here that the Jets had. And I have no problem. They used it on Zach Wilson. And if they're right, nobody will care. Nobody will care where Zach Wilson was drafted if he turns out to be, you know, the next Patrick Mahomes. Like, Jets fans maybe a little bit. But no, most people won't care. But the the question to me is always going to be, what could you have gotten with that number two overall pick? Especially in a world where we saw bounties given up to trade up for quarterbacks. Could you have gotten a slew of additional equity for it? So it, those are the factors that I think play into it. Now, you're right. Uh, obviously, there was a difference when Christian McCaffrey wasn't in the game. And uh, as uh, one of our producers here uh, that we love, Chris Mitchell, pointed out earlier, let, let's, see, uh, let's see Sam Darnold take on a really great team before we get too high on it. I think those are all fair points. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. I'm just going to get all wild and willy-nilly here. We'll take one more. Gabriel in North Carolina. We're going full Kermit the Frog. I'm letting everything go. All right, Gabriel, what you got, man? Thanks for calling the show. Thank you for having me. Um, first, I'd like to say this is the only time I'm glad to see somebody from New York come down I-95. I'm glad we have Sam Darnold. And <laughs> second, after being a Panthers fan for years, since the only thing we had really done was lose two Super Bowls and win some WCW matches, I'm glad to see that we finally have a quarterback um, because most of our games were let's kick a field goal and sit out the third quarter. So it's nice to see somebody pass. Yeah, you're not wrong. I'm happy to have him. The Jets' loss is our game. If he doesn't win game four and we go only three wins and lose the rest of the season, I mean, it's still better than what we had. So I'm happy. Well, and it gives them a real opportunity. Thanks for the call, man. It, it, it gives them a real opportunity to assess him. That's been the, the main goal. We all know that. No matter what the contract situation looks like, cap stuff is always funny money anyway. And, and I'm with you. Like I think the one thing we got to remember is when you have a quarterback, you have hope. Now, the Jets fan base and the Jets organization lost that hope in Sam Darnold. So at some point when you lose that hope, how do you regain it? It's a little like trust. It's difficult. I don't know the right answer to it, but... Man, just like Bears fans are never going to hear the end of Mitchell Trubisky could have been Deshaun Watson, uh, just like that's never going to stop. If Sam Darnold turns out to be a Pro Bowl quarterback for the Panthers, 
This is never going to stop for Jets, uh, for the Jets and for Jets fans. By the way, again, I'll say loudly, an incredible fan base of passionate people. I want the Jets to be good. Like, I'm all in on the Jets, not better than the Raiders, but I'm all in on let's not get Let's not get crazy on a Friday night. All right, in the meantime, we'll get into some quickies because that's what we like to do here. Quickies with Spain and Fitz. We get in and out of topics fast. All right, we start with a little bit of Odell Beckham Jr. It looks like, barring a setback, the wide receiver will be back on the field this weekend for the Browns. This is big news because you don't know Jarvis Landry, what he's going to be doing. So Odell Beckham Jr. getting back on the field is a big deal for everybody, not just uh, not just from the fantasy standpoint, but from the actual team on the field. Like I love the fact that for so many of us that play a bunch of fantasy football, everything becomes about that. But uh, there's real football that's happening here with this. And for the Browns, they need to have all their weapons. I I don't think the Browns should necessarily, since Sarah's not here, I can say this. I don't think the Browns should need a full cupboard to go ahead and beat the Bears. I would not say that if she was here because I'm not stupid. Uh, But at the end of the day, I think having Odell Beckham Jr. back on the field helps them. I'm going to be a little curious, too, to see overall uh, what we see from Baker. You know, how does Baker look uh, at this point? So uh, we'll see how that ends up going. By the way, uh, Adam Schefter tweeting out an interesting uh, little piece of news here uh, as uh, uh, regarding Josh Gordon. So Josh Gordon has been reinstated by the NFL. So kind of crazy. Uh, The never ending is Josh Gordon in the league. Is Josh Gordon not in the league? Let me say this loudly for everybody as a quickies topic. And I was supposed to hit this first, I think. Quickies. There we go. Uh, Let me say this loudly when it comes to Josh Gordon. There are more important things in football. All right. And everybody's going to be looking for Josh Gordon to fall apart because that's what we do as a society. If being on the football field helps Josh Gordon stay clean, stay sober, and be the best version of Josh Gordon that he could possibly be, then get him on the damn football field. If it hurts him in that process for sobriety, then keep him off the football field. It is that simple. His ability is unquestioned. Now we have to actually look at the human being. And at some point, I know we're all fans of teams, but these guys as human beings, I look look at rooting for individuals to overcome whatever their obstacles are. Whatever Josh Gordon needs to overcome his demons, his obstacles, whatever the NFL can do to help with that, they absolutely should help. And if that means putting him on the field for once, I hope that all of us, no matter what you think of his production, can root for the human being not to fail, because that's what we do so often in society, but to actually turn around and have a successful and incredible reemergence within the NFL. I would love to see Josh Gordon make the most of this opportunity and absolutely be great. Next up, quickies. A uh, little Carson Wentz uh, conversation here. Uh, d- a couple of days ago, he was on a scooter riding around in practice looking as dorky as I do when I walk around the campus. But now, now he's practicing for the Colts. What do we have? Oh, my God, could it happen? We have the big AFC South matchup, and that's what this comes down to, guys. Like I, I, I genuinely believe that if the Colts were playing any team not named the Titans, there is zero chance in my mind that Carson Wentz would even try to play. But you know how important this matchup is. There are only two teams that are worth a damn in the AFC South. One is in Tennessee and one is in Indianapolis. And now they have to go to Tennessee where there's not always much of a home field advantage. But they got to go there and they need to play well. This is an important game for what I think is the most curious and disappointing thing we've seen so far this entire NFL season. For the Colts not to be able to control the line of scrimmage offensively. For Jonathan Taylor not to be able to get going absolutely is uh, it's wild to me I can't figure it out I got no idea how we've gotten there for the Colts I want to see the Colts come out and have the offensive line play better and if they can't then Carson Wentz shouldn't step on the field because he's going to get dang murdered and lastly quickies 
Got a little quickie love here for fantasy football. Uh, Look, uh, again, injuries are such an awful part of the game. But think of every person about a month ago. You went into your fantasy football draft, and you selected uh, Christian McCaffrey first overall. Every single person did it, right? Everybody uh, everybody picked Christian McCaffrey, and they're like, you know what? He's healthy. It's going to be fine. It's obviously not fine. He's going to miss a few weeks for the hamstrings. It's one of the delights to me. Is somebody that's playing in several fantasy football leagues this year. One of the craziest things is that a game last night that we openly made fun of on air uh, for for the lack of interesting storylines suddenly became everybody's group chat fodder today when you woke up. Like it went from being the thing we mocked to the thing everybody was talking about with their buddies over the course of 12 hours. Not because the outcome was anything less than we expected, but because the injury changed what all of us are going to be facing this weekend in our own fantasy football matchups. It's a little subtle reminder in a world where we talk so much about gambling that it's not just gambling that gets people into the game every week. It's fantasy football, and the NFL has done a brilliant job of marketing every single ounce of it. All right, Spain and Fitz, Jason Fitz flying solo on ESPN Radio. Coming up, a huge matchup in the AFC West, and I'm not talking about the Raiders. We'll preview it next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app and Sirius XM channel 80. It's a Friday edition. You guys can hop in on the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're all doing the same thing. We're all getting ready for a weekend full of just a gratuitous amount of football, right? We're all getting ready for a weekend that you realize, like, you got big plans right now. You've decided you're sitting in your car and you're like, all right, I'm going to get this done, this done, this done. Or your significant others decided that you're going to get this done, this done, this done. And we all know that by the time you hit Sunday, like 48 hours from right now, you're going to be justifying why you didn't get this done, this done, and this. And that's what happens when you've got a weekend, especially with some stacked matchups across college football and the NFL. Uh, you guys know the drill. If you've hung out with us before on Fridays, I'm going to do it in about 30 minutes. We'll get you guys to call in and tell us what one thing you're going to watch. You got one. That's our favorite thing to do on Fridays. You can only watch one thing. What's it going to be? What game? What may be a movie? Like maybe you're out on all the action. Maybe you're a Vandy fan and you realize you just can't stomach watching that football program anymore. I've been hard on Vandy today. Anyway, maybe you decide that instead you'd rather watch a Marvel movie. I don't care. You got one thing you can watch all weekend. What's it going to be? We're going to take your thoughts on it in just a few minutes, obviously. Uh, But we're going to get some of our thoughts. Uh, And obviously everybody knows the one game I'm likely to go to, but uh, let's get some thoughts on it here from from our guys. Just get you guys sort of buttered up, sort of warmed up. Cam, what, what you got one thing you're going to watch this weekend. What's it going to be? Uh, I'm going to take the cop-out answer and pick something that's on Monday because it's still in the uh, football weekend, and I'm taking Eagles-Cowboys I don't think I on Monday that. night football. I mean – Renee, are we, is that allowed? I don't think, I don't think so. I don't, I'm allowing it. So what do you do all weekend then? Like, Because remember, now what you've done is you've told the world that the only thing you're going to watch is on Monday so night, meaning all weekend Fitz, you don't get to turn on the TV. The problem is, Fitz, I will be here all weekend. Oh. So <laughs> yeah, but we, I will just have to cover my eyes with the thousands of TVs that are all over this uh, campus in fairness and not look at them because I can only watch Monday Night Football. But we're chock full of TVs. I mean that yeah but, but this is an imaginary world. I'm willing world. to make that sacrifice. We're an imaginary world here. Uh, so what's your favorite team? I should, I should know this. Okay. There you go. Uh, so now the world knows that it's it's an Eagles thing yes. and your level of excitement your level of confidence let's say it that way in this matchup is uh, that the Eagles are going to win I think a six. I think it's going to be a high scoring game because I think um I don't think the the Cowboys defense is anything to write home about, but I am concerned that last week pretty much all the positives that we saw from Jalen Hurts were 
erased, but the 49ers defense is uh, special. much more special than I think the Cowboys. I think we're going to see a high-flying matchup, a lot of fast wide receivers going down the field, and I think it's going to start fast, and I think it's going to keep going. And uh, I'm excited. This is what we're looking for, and you got one. You get the nice breakdown. Now, we're not simulcast here, uh, which is unfortunate tonight particularly because I've been given all sorts of Jets takes, which has been getting anywhere from frowns to celebration to dancing from Renee. So I think I know where you're going to go on this, but you got one. One thing you're going to watch all weekend, what's it going to be? It's actually not going to be the Jets. Oh, oh, I'm shook, shooketh. What's it going to be? Why would I want to see the Jets get destroyed by the Broncos? Honestly. You only got 17 games a year. The same reason. That's very true. All right. So what, what is the game then? Uh, important, important weekend in the American League wildcard race. Oh, Yankees, Red wow. Sox. I am a Yankees fan. Nice job. Uh, as we're all seeing on ESPN TV, the Yankees are currently up 3 nothing, uh early on against the Red Sox. But it's a huge weekend. Playoff implications. The Yankees are battling for that wildcard spot. I am watching and listening carefully at the Yankees and the Red Sox. He will be listening carefully because you can catch coverage of Yankees Red Sox on Sunday Night Baseball Ding. starting at 6 p.m. Eastern right here on ESPN Radio. Renee and I will both be working that game. That is spectacular work by you guys, by the way, because you just took that off my plate. Now yeah, I don't have welcome. to read that. <laughs> Happy birthday. I, I'm, I'm always torn. I'm going to be just real with you guys. I'm torn as the highlights are up here. Every time I see the Red Sox yellow uniforms, every time I see it, I forget that it's the Red Sox for a second, and I'm like, oh, those are kind of cool. And then I realize they're the Red Sox. And then I go totally from those are kind of cool to those are complete trash. Like, is that the same process for y'all? Like, because I feel like that's the only, I don't mind them until I realize it's the Red Sox. How can you have yellow jerseys for the Red Sox? So it's, it's funny because I was, I forgot who I was having this conversation with the other day. And I'm like, it is not remotely possible or even fair that the Red Sox are going out there with yellow jerseys. It just makes no sense to me. It I'm, does not, they, they aren't the yellow Sox. Or the Blue Sox, they're the Red Sox. I, I'm a very literal person. I feel like this makes it. Cam, you're laughing at us. Are you disagreeing? I said, why, why is it not fair? It's Because it, it doesn't look good. It just doesn't look <laughs> yeah, but good. It doesn't but it's, give it's not them fair. Any it's, competitive advantage, they're just wearing yellow. Well, it's not fair to us. Like our <laughs> eyes. Our, our eyes have to look at it. Us to this. I mean, I love it. I love it. It's up on a screen here in the studio. I love it every time. And then I read the word Boston and I'm like, I no longer love it. It does look like a highlighter. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, which I'm in for. If you're yeah. going to go yellow, they go like or a bottle yellow. of like but the thing mustard. is it's not only yellow but you're also incorporating blue in it so it's like it, it's hurting the eyes every time you look at it it's that level of yellow like you went and tinkled and you realized that like you need to drink more water like it is that like bright like i've been taking too many vitamins i don't know what happened on a friday night here this is where that's Spain the 5 a.m that's the 5 a.m tinkle right that, that's, yeah that is the yeah. oh my god had some drinks and some asparagus the night before it is you boy really you know and i'm eating healthy and i want to say the asparagus thing isn't real but it is like it, it it it's brutal it beats you up i mean just i gotta stop eating asparagus at every it, meal that's what i've learned like i never get a respite especially especially when you wake up in that you know go to that midnight bathroom run mm-hmm. And it hits you and it wakes you up. Oh, man. Which is even scarier for me because I actually have like a, a Halloween uh, person attached to my wall outside of my bedroom that's like out there. So when I get up in the middle of the night, like there's somebody crawling up the wall. It's it's a level of scary. Wait, I mean, already? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the decor. It takes a long time to put this decor up. I, got I have heard all over that you were a huge Halloween guy yeah, in the past. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tweet up a, a, tweet a picture at I some also point. feel like you're just a big decorations guy in general. Yeah. Very well, festive no, for the holidays. There's no in doubt. case you didn't know, yeah. if you want to insight into Fitz's life, he started on November 1st. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I uh, 
I well, I mean, for me in general, like everything is about the decor, right? So the hardest part is getting the Halloween stuff down and the Christmas stuff up right away. But I did that last year. I went to Spirit Halloween the day after Halloween to get all the stuff half off because I'm value oriented while blasting Mariah Carey's Christmas record because it's November first. Let's not be savages. Like we're done with Halloween. We got to move the move on. Speaking of moving on, I'll move on now to uh, the the couple of the matchups. I think a lot of you guys are going to want to look at this weekend. Rams Bucks mostly for my nipples because let's be real. I said on ESPN Radio that if the Bucks went undefeated and won the Super Bowl, that uh, I'd get my nipples pierced on national TV, and I don't want that to happen. Like, they're kind of sensitive. I don't think that this needs to happen for anybody. Also, because this might be the toughest game left for the Bucks on the schedule, and I really believe in the Rams. I believe in Sean McVay. I believe in the talent that the Rams have. I think we're seeing a lot out of the Rams team. Plus, I'm just tired of the Bucks hype. So, the last thing I need is that much hype going in around the Bucks. Another matchup, though, that I think is particularly significant – Chargers-Chiefs. And when you think about Chargers-Chiefs, for me, this is significant because of Justin Herbert, right? We all decided that Justin Herbert was the second coming. And one of my least popular radio takes is that you don't know if you have a quarterback for three years. Now, uh, you know, here I am. I'm yelling about Zach Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold after three weeks. But we don't know if we have a quarterback in an organization for three years. Think about Baker. Baker was absolute. Baker was the next Peyton Manning, and then Baker was the next Ryan Leaf, all within the first two years of his career. Like, how the hell do you do that? You got to work hard to go through that roller coaster. And then re- year three, it sort of normalized. Well, you know, I heard Jay Will talking on the morning show about the turnovers and carelessness with the ball that, ja- that Justin Herbert has shown in the red zone compared to last year. Look, there's just so much going on with this Chargers team. It is a new coaching staff, and that means a lot of new for Justin Herbert. And as much as I, I think Justin Herbert can play, I think we've sort of undersold the fact that there are going to be transition moments for him. Like you, As successful as he was, it takes a second. ESPN Radio, by the way, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. It takes a second, and then the league's going to catch up. And then as the league catches up, quarterbacks have to continue to evolve. We all know this process. The Chargers have, no doubt, so much talent on paper. But that talent on paper has been there every stinking year. How do you take that talent on paper and turn it into a win over the Chiefs? The Chiefs, a team that have at times looked beatable this year. That is what I think is going to be particularly significant about whatever we see coming into this weekend. I think Chargers-Chiefs tells us a lot. Coming up, the biggest storyline of tomorrow's college football slate is, we'll answer that with the former national champion, Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, and as always, the ESPN app. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM, Channel 80. Sarah Spain getting a much-needed night off. I'm Jason Fitz, flying solo tonight. ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests are going to appear on the uh, Progressive in- <laughs> Sorry, all of our guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. Can you tell this day started at uh, wee hours in the morning? I've forgotten how to read on a Friday. Oh, that presumes I ever knew how. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how you can get in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. We're going to get your thoughts in just a few minutes. We're going to have one of our favorite things to do. you got one where you get to pick one game. You can only pick one thing that you're going to watch all weekend. It doesn't matter what sport it is. doesn't matter what movie it is like. 
but you can only watch one thing. No red zone, no cheating, no thing that gives you multiple options. One thing. So triple eight, say ESPN. In about ten minutes, we're going to start taking your calls on it, and you guys can give me your you got one. But in the meantime, over the course of the next hour, we're going to get you some betting expertise. We're going to get you some thoughts on the NFL, and right now, we're going to head over to the Goodyear Hotline, where we're joined by my buddy Trevor Maddich, ESPN college football analyst, host of College Game Day on ESPN Radio on the Goodyear Hotline. Trevor, I appreciate your time. I'll, I'll start right there. I'll ask you the tough question: If you could only watch one college football game all weekend long. What's the one matchup that you're most intrigued to see? It's, it's, it's Notre Dame, Wisconsin. It's Soldier Field. Notre Dame is about to prove whether or not they're a playoff team this year. After Wisconsin, they have a really tough schedule through Halloween. Wisconsin, after losing at home by fumbling the ball away and intercepting too many interceptions down in the red zone to Penn State in the opener, has the potential, especially with Ohio State looking vulnerable, to win the Big Ten. And so this game will set, will tell us which team is going to go on and continue to be a playoff contender. And I think the storyline of Jack Cohn, the Wisconsin quarterback who transferred to be the Notre Dame starting quarterback, now facing his old team, is so juicy. He'll be facing the freshman from last year who took his job, Graham Mertz. There's just so many storylines in this game. Can the offensive line for Notre Dame that's so banged up keep Cohn healthy? You know what? That's a great point, Fitz. They they started three different, Notre Dame now, three different left tackles in the first three games. They have been absolutely banged up. But Notre Dame's problem goes beyond that. Notre Dame has a lot of talent. They just make things a lot harder on themselves than it needs to be. And when you watch them on tape, you see them make easy things look hard. And hard things look really easy. You know, just one example, they had a, they had a play – I was watching on tape from last week's game against Purdue where Cone, Notre Dame quarterback, dropped back in the pocket and this time had terrific protection, great protection. He ended up throwing a terrific dart to tight end Michael Mayer on the right side against close coverage. Great throw, great catch. But in doing so, Cone climbed up in the pocket unnecessarily so far that he got himself smashed as he threw by a guy who was being blocked up there, just making it harder than it has to be. This has been Notre Dame's experience, and it's one of the reasons that they barely squeaked by three unranked teams so far this year. We're talking to Trevor Maddich on Spain and Fitz, Jason Fitz flying solo. I love games that have prove-it elements, and to me, there's this Texas A&M-Arkansas game has a prove-it for both sides, like A&M without their starting quarterback trying to figure out if they belong in the Alabama conversation, Arkansas trying to show everybody with that defense that they belong to be in higher regard generally. How do you see that matchup playing out? Well, right now, I'm not convinced that Alabama belongs in the Alabama conversation, <laughs> but that's a different question. I, I think you're right about the offense of A&M. The original starter, Haynes King, is hurt and he's out. He's the mobile guy. He was in, apparently, a very tight race to be the starting quarterback this year in the preseason with Calzada. But when King went out and Calzada came in, things weren't working very well on offense. Not that they were, anyway, all that well. And they really struggle to score when they get down in the red zone. This Texas A&M offense right now is, uh, the best way you can say it, a serious work in progress. The defense is playing lights out, but all of a sudden, you've got to say that Arkansas has the edge at quarterback. They're running the ball most of the time, but they're getting really good uh, efficiency out of the passing game. 
completing over 70% of their passes. Things are just going really well for the Arkansas passing game, even though they're not throwing throwing it all that much. And when you compare these two teams, K.J. Jefferson for Arkansas and Zach Calzada for A&M, the quarterback advantage is in Fayetteville. And that seems a little weird to say, given what the history has been at quarterback recently in these two teams. When you start talking about teams that are efficient, immediately Iowa comes to mind. How good can Iowa be in your mind? Iowa can be as good as their passing game will take them. Spencer Petras, at quarterback, has been efficient this year, but he hasn't really been a playmaker. He doesn't have to be necessarily. The running game is going really well. The, the defense is lights out. You could say that the Iowa defense and running game are national championship caliber, but the passing attack will need to gin it up. They'll need to be better throwing the ball down the field, and Petrus will need to be a little bit more of a, of a playmaker than a game manager given the people that he has to, to throw the ball to. So Iowa is dangerous to anybody, but their Achilles heel until they demonstrate differently is that if that running game gets stopped, they've got to throw over the top. And right now, I don't trust them to do that. Yeah, I can't wait for this Penn State-Iowa game. We're talking to Trevor Maddich on Spain and Fitz, Jason Fitz, fine. So Ohio State seems like everybody can run on them. How do you fix that? Well, everybody can run on them, but that's balanced out by the fact that everybody can pass on them. <laughs> this has been a real issue for Ohio State. The Buckeyes' defense is the grand marshal in the parade of missed assignments. It is astonishing to watch these guys on tape. And I get it. They've got three new starting linebackers. And worse than that, they've had injuries in the secondary. So they're playing a lot of young guys in the secondary. So I want to be fair there. But Tulsa, Tulsa last week in Columbus threw for over 400 yards on these guys. More than twice what they threw for in each of their first two games. They came in 0-2, Tulsa did. Lost their first game at home to FCS, University of California at Davis. The Kings of the Yellow Causeway came in and beat Tulsa. Tulsa then went into Columbus and took that game to a seven-point game with about three minutes to go before Ohio State scored a couple of late touchdowns. And the the Ohio State defense, I don't think right now, um, well, yes, there's one thing they can do. Stand in the right place and look at the right guy, Fitz. Get the assignments and the mental errors fixed. If they do that, then they'll force the opposing team to actually beat a Buckeye in order to make a play. There have been way too many times that the Ohio State defense was out of position and the opposing offense didn't have to beat a Buckeye to make a big play. We saw that in the Oregon loss where C.J. Burdell, running back, ran right up the middle and had about a 90-yard touchdown run because the middle linebacker blew his assignment and at the snap ran out of the middle. Didn't even have to be blocked. Just ran out of there. So this is something that is fixable, and I know they're working on it like crazy right now. Alignment, assignment, technique. Get at least the first two right. You guys can check him out on College Game Day on ESPN Radio on the weekends as always. Trevor Maddich, man, nobody does it better, my friend. Thanks for coming on with me. It's always great to be on your show. Thanks for having me. College football's back. Tune in tomorrow night. Florida hosts Tennessee. God, I remember when that was such an impactful just moment. Spurrier versus Manning, like everything. It's in the swamp. That game is presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Man, that's a Tennessee uh, fan base that, that feels hyped up. But let's face it, they lost to the only real team they played so far this year in Pitt. And they're taking on a Florida team that uh, in the swamp almost got it done. I'm interested to see that. There's a lot of prove-it moments this weekend. And with that being said, this is when you get to get in on the fun. 888 say ESPN. 
ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're going to let you take over the show for the next segment. I want to know if you can only watch one thing all weekend, one game, one team. You can't pick red zone. You can't cheat me that way. You got one thing you're going to watch all weekend. What is that one game that you absolutely have to see? 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You can also tweet me, at Jason Fitz. We'll let you guys take over Spain and Fitz next on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Fall Out Boy, right? Like, this is Fall Out Boy we're listening to, right? I always got to make sure I know it's Fall Out Boy. Uh, sorry, uh, I, I feel so terrible asking that, but I was going to tell the story, and then I realized I, I needed to make sure. Uh, Fall Out Boy, interesting nugget here. Their drummer, massive Packers fan. Pete Wentz, massive Bears fan. I cannot imagine what that's like on a tour bus every single week when you're talking about the NFL for guys that are big-time fans. I don't know how they've managed to stay together as a band. Really, Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM channel. Ladies, uh, Sarah Spain getting some uh, much-deserved time off. I'm Jason Fitz, flying solo tonight. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And you guys can chime in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 3776. The question that we're asking you is a simple one. You got one. You can only watch one thing. Don't cheat. All right. Uh, don't don't abuse the system. Don't tell me that you're going to go to a bar and watch 18 games at once. Don't give me the Red Zone channel. The game is this. You can only watch one thing all weekend long. What's it going to be and why? You can also tweet me at Jason Fitz. Getting a bunch of tweets out there also, uh, by the way. And a lot of support for the game that I think in college football could end up being the best game of the weekend. I know everybody's hype. And Trevor Maddich joined us earlier. He's hype on Notre Dame, Wisconsin. I think this A&M Arkansas game is going to be a Delight. Uh, can you say that about a beefy college football game? I don't know. But this one is going to be a delight. That that defense for Arkansas is flying. And I don't know if you've seen it, but realistically, I think that at the end of the day, that defense is going to be able to do some nasty things to A&M. So uh, let's see where that goes. Uh, you got uh, you got one is how you guys chime in. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. I'd also like to point out my professional restraint as I have not yet talked about my beloved Raiders as my one game. Uh, let's go to Lance in Washington. Lance, thanks for calling the show, man. Thanks for uh, chiming in. What's the one you're going to watch and why? Well, super easy for me. It's got to be Rams Bucks. I want to see if Aaron Donald can get to Tom Brady, get him rattled so that he's throwing the picks like he does when he gets a little nervous. Also, shout out to my Broncos, even though they do not you know, have a test until week five. Uh, I love my Broncos, but that's the game I'm watching. Wait, wait. So you're watching that game? Oh, like the Broncos are unexpectedly having a pretty. I would shouldn't say unexpectedly. It's a good roster, but the Broncos are pretty good. You're watching Rams Bucks over the Broncos. Well, they, hey, they've had a super easy schedule, which hey, is nice. Vic Fangio has not won in September yet. I'm expecting three wins, easy. Um, but uh, man, Chetty Bridgewater over Drew Locke. You know, I I didn't. I wouldn't say I didn't see it coming, but I cannot believe just what my eyes are seeing from Teddy Bridgewater. He looks so good compared to what Drew Locke would have shown us already this year. I'm certain of that. Even even though I love Drew Locke, I, I'm sorry, but Bridgewater all the way. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. And look, that's what happens when you're playing the Jets. You got this sneaky confidence in Denver coming in. I, I still think, though, if you look roster top to bottom, the Broncos, one of the better rosters I don't think they get enough credit for who they are as a team, and it's all been about the quarterback and the lack of production there. So really good call by you. I appreciate it. Matt in Knoxville. Matt, what you got, man? What's the one game you're going to watch and why? Uh, definitely going to be the Notre Dame Fighting Irish versus the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, just for the sole fact that Brian Kelly is going to be 
overtaking uh, Newt Rockney's win record there. So definitely something to look out for. Now, you live in Knoxville, not a Vols guy or just a, just a, a Notre Dame person that's displaced? A uh, huge Notre Dame fan that's new to Knoxville. All right, I got you, Matt. Thanks for the call. And you're right, by the way. The the, the Rockney thing has been, I think, really undersold. Like we get so hot takey about whether or not Notre Dame has been good enough in the playoffs that we forget that Notre Dame has had sustained excellence. You can't really forget that around here if you're ever on my Junior, though. You will get reminded. Jeff in Arizona, you got one. What's it going to be, and why? Hey, man, dude, I'm going Bears and Browns. Let's see what Fields got. I mean, you are you confident in Fields? Do we have him? I think we lost him. All right, Jeff, I'll say this. Number one, I think you're just trying to kiss up to Sarah, and she's not here. No, I do think this is a good one. Triple eight, say ESPN, by the way, 888-729-3776. That's how you get in on You Got One. What's the one thing you're going to watch this weekend and why? No cheating with Red Zone. And, and look, I love this concept with Justin Fields. Uh, that in and of itself is reason enough. I found myself last week, uh, you know, I, I put uh, that game, I put the Bears game against the Bengals on a TV by itself just because I wanted to see what Justin Fields looked like when he got in. To me, that was like... Uh, super important to see how Justin Fields looks now and then to see what we get out of Baker Mayfield, who, remember, did get uh, banged up trying to tackle somebody. Never a good idea. If you're a quarterback and you throw the pick, just just let him go. Just let him go. The six points that they might get, far uh, less impactful than hurting yourself and missing any time throughout the course of the season. Jeremiah in Indianapolis, thanks for calling Spain and Fitz. You got one. What's it going to be and why? I'm going to be watching the uh, 49ers and the Green Bay Packers Sunday night game because I'm a trucker trucking from Indianapolis to Phoenix, and I'll be in Phoenix Sunday afternoon, so I'll get to watch that night game. Man, thanks for the call. Thanks. I like truckers, by the way. Love you guys. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of years of my life on tour buses. Uh, anybody that can drive long hours, it's an under uh, under told discipline that what that takes. So thanks for what you do on that. And also, Packers 49ers, surprising that, to me that it took this long to get this game. I mean, you've got all the report. I don't know if you guys saw some of the reports that were coming out about the bad blood that still exists over Aaron Rodgers and whether or not he was going to go uh, to the 49ers. I mean, I'm in for all of that drama. I need all of the drama in this matchup. Plus, it was a week ago that apparently, according to Aaron Rodgers, somebody was saying he was washed. I still, he hasn't identified who, so I still don't know what he's talking about. But he's going up against a great 49ers defense. If that 49ers defense makes him look human at all, I cannot wait to see how much Aaron Rodgers overreacts to what he thinks we're saying is a reaction to what we're not actually saying about Aaron Rodgers. Did you follow all that? It was difficult. Jackson in Phoenix, Arizona. Thanks for calling Spain and Fitch. You got one. What's it going to be and why? Jets. Want to see the Jets play the Broncos. Okay, what are you looking forward to in that one? I want to see the Jets get beat the heck out of. I'm a (laughs) Jets fan, and it seems like the only other franchise in the NFL that has the history of pain and sorrow that the Jets organization has is the Browns. The Browns have got a lot of hope and prosperity ahead of them, and I'm very jealous of that. It seems like the old Jets, which are now the Carolina Panthers, are doing exceptionally well. Uh, I saw the game last night, and Sam Darnold just he just lit it up. I mean, he did fumble once, though, an interception, but still, he, he, he did so much better these last few games than he ever did when he was wearing green. So, uh, uh, and thanks for the yeah, call, man. I like I, it's a it's a random pick to to want to want to watch your team lose, but I will say, misery. Remember. Everybody in their moment feels like you are the most miserable and sad fan base. Lions fans are sitting over here saying, hold my beer. I haven't seen a Raiders playoff win since 2002. 
by the way, like 19 years. Like we're we're coming up on 20 years since I saw an a uh, a win of any sort. So you know the, it it is amazing. Uh, let's get one more in here too, uh, Jeff. And all, we're going to get a bunch more, but let's get one more now, Jeff in Ohio. Jeff, what do you got? What's the one thing you're going to watch and why? Uh, I'm going to have to watch the Ryder Cup. Oh, all right. What are you looking forward to in that? You know, we, you get both quantity and quality with that. You get about eight or ten hours of programming for the weekend. And also, you know, I look forward to some great match play, international play. And you can't go wrong with watching JT and Bryson DeChambeau and see what they're going to do. Oh, see, I like what you said there, though. Like, you just played chess while the rest of us are playing checkers. You pick something that's really long, right? So now you're going to get to watch what you want to watch all day. Like, I dealt with this as a Raiders fan last week, and you guys know this. I stood during the game. I told this story, and uh, uh, suddenly my dog took the spot on the couch, and once the game started, I couldn't sit because that would obviously ruin the mojo. So I had to stand for the entirety of the game. Makes total sense. I'm a grown-ass man. So I stood the entirety of the game but I finished at four o'clock eastern time suddenly realized like I'd only had water to drink I hadn't partied at all I had the rest of the afternoon to be productive if I'd picked a longer event I couldn't have been productive that is smart thinking you guys hold on with me we're gonna let you guys keep taking the show over triple eight say ESPN 888-729-3776 we're doing some you got one action we're gonna make sure that we get everybody in Uh, we like having some Friday fun I don't want to cheat anybody though and cram anybody in right now plus uh, we've got some gambling stuff to get to I need to make Make sure they get you guys caught not just on what the best games are, but what the best action is for you to be playing over the course of the weekend. So in order to do that, I'm going to bring in a buddy direct from Vegas that will help you figure out how to make a little bit of cash. We'll do it next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Got all those Friday good feels. It's Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. A bunch of you guys are on hold. We'll get back to You Got One in about 10 minutes. So don't go anywhere. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The one game that you absolutely have to watch this weekend. By the way, hearing Blues Traveler always reminds me, if you've never seen them live, one of the cool things is they play multiple nights in the same city, but they never play the same song twice. So once it's been off the set list, it's gone, and they don't play it again. So a cool reason to go see if you're a Blues Travelers fan, you got to go see them twice in a row because you're not gonna you, you got a 50-50 chance if they're playing two nights of whether or not you're gonna hear run around. There you go. Uh, the the random fact you didn't need know you needed. It's time time for some straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. This is what happens on Friday night is we get all uh, punch drunk and happy, ready for the weekend. I, I needed some expertise, and in order to do that, we are joined now by my good buddy Joe Fortenbaugh. You can really like realistic check out Joe across everything that ever happens on ESPN with anything betting. But I will tell you, ESPN Daily Wager is on ESPN 2, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday through Friday. And bet you can check out on Monday, Thursday, Sunday on ESPN Plus across all of the digital platforms. He is our betting expert, joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Joe, appreciate some time on a Friday. You have better things to do on a Friday night than hang out with me. So it means the world that you are doing this with me. Now, I want to get your thoughts on a bunch of different things, but we'll start with you got one. I'm asking callers. I'll ask you the same thing. You can only watch one thing this weekend. It can be any sporting event. Hell, if you're out on all the sports and want to watch a Marvel movie, you can state your case. One thing that you absolutely have to watch, and it's the only thing you can watch, and you can't choose Red Zone or anything like that. What's it going to be? Well, first off, I got to educate you on something. When you hype up Blues Traveler and they play two nights in a city and they don't play the same song twice, that's awesome. Have you ever heard of Fish? They've been touring (laughs) for 40 years, and they've never played the same set twice. Ever, not in the same city, 
ever. You have I, never gotten the same set from Fish ever. Or the same show, I should say, because they play I, two sets. I'm not sets. sure Fish ever plays a song. Like, the, the, the ultimate jam band in Fish. Like, they just, they start somewhere and they end in a different city. Like, you have no idea. Like, and, and I'm all in on that. By the way, uh, just because we're going to go completely off the rails, I cannot tell you how much different that is from country music. Like, it's just peeling back the curtain. Like, when we were on the Brad Paisley tour, uh, it was funny because every night he finishes that tour with a song called Alcohol. So that's his encore song and every band from the entire show has to come out on stage for the song alcohol they bring out a little portable bar and like a mascot version of brad paisley and like everybody raises a glass at the end of the night so the two funny things about that is that uh, on that tour it was the band perry scotty mccreary and uh and brad on that tour and scotty was not yet 21 and the band perry was dry so the alcohol shots were actually lemonade vitamin water there was no alcohol uh which was already funny but then the other part of it is i could legit set my clock and know that alcohol was going to be like i think it was like 10 23 because that show is every country show is so regimented to the exact same thing that i knew that if i was on the stairs at 10 20 i could turn off family guy at 10 19 get to the side stage by 10 23 to walk up on alcohol let me tell you something i've been to dozens of fish shows and i can tell you we ain't drinking lemon water at those shows <laughs> just gonna put Attaboy. that one down for you and let the imagination do the rest now nah, well I, you 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 <laughs> what i just figured out is fitz and fort and bought fish is not only the most fun thing to say on a friday night it's got to happen that's that's what we'll, we'll make it happen you take the red pill you go down the rabbit hole <laughs> <laughs> Never have to ask me twice to take the red pill. That's just a fact. All right, so you got one thing you can watch Sporting this weekend. Yes. What, of course. What, what's it going to be? Narrowed down to two. And as a gambler, I would want to definitely be able to watch the Sunday night football game because a lot of times I'm either chasing my losses or I'm looking to double down on my wins. And it's San Francisco and Green Bay. And I, and I covered the Niners for six years when I was in the Bay Area prior to joining ESPN and moving to Las Vegas. That game's close. That game's second. You probably got a lot of calls on this. I wish I could be more creative. Honestly, it's going to be Tampa Bay and the Rams. I want to watch that game. Total of 55. Should be plenty of scoring. It's a fantasy owner's dream. It's a prop better's dream. All the way around, that game should be exhilarating. I'd love to give you something more uh, interesting or more unique, but Rams-Bucks would be the game for me. No, but I love this because I always like to get the Vegas education on this, right? And so I'm thinking about this game being at SoFi with no idea what home field advantage is going to be in that stadium. Like, how does Vegas figure out how to equate for a home field advantage in a new stadium that may or may not have a home field advantage? Good call. And it's a new stadium in a city that doesn't really, like you said, have home field. A new stadium in Chicago would have home field. Right. A new stadium in L.A., it's like how many Bucks fans will travel out, right? How many true Ram fans are going to show up and make noise? One thing we've learned as gamblers over the last few years is that home field advantage isn't necessarily worth as much as it used to be. The rule of thumb was three points for home field. And then you work from there. I remember talking to a bookmaker, uh, I want to say 2012, 2013, right in that window when the Legion of Boom was at their heyday in Seattle. And he was, he told me when Seattle hosted a primetime game. So a Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, that home field was worth maybe six points. The Hmm. crowd noise, the inability to hear at the line of scrimmage. That's how deadly that team was. We saw that with the saints in the voodoo dome as well. I don't know if the Rams are going to get a lot yet, but I can tell you that the Bucks opened as a one, one and a half point underdog. The Sharp guys jumped all over Tampa Bay, bet them, and now the Bucks are laying one, one and a half. I think the key comes down to whether or not Antonio Brown can play. Tested positive for COVID, so we'll see if he's active on Sunday. For me, I kind of like the Rams here. Big edge on defense, and I think the offense is going to be able to score quite a bit on that Tampa D. 
We're talking to Joe Fortenbaugh in Spain and Fitz. Jason Fitz flying solo. I want to get your thoughts on a game that we haven't really talked much about, and that's West Virginia at Oklahoma. Like, West Virginia, uh, that that Virginia Tech game last night, er, last week was nuts. And Oklahoma has, while they're number four, they just haven't looked particularly great. What are you looking for in that matchup? So West Virginia can play a little defense, and the total's been coming down in this game as well. I think it opened somewhere around 61 and has dropped down into the mid-50s. So the money's been coming in on the under. Uh, West Virginia, they don't move at a very fast pace. They play some good D. Offense is questionable at times. And when we see Oklahoma, they haven't been scoring like we thought they would. This was supposed to be an offense that blew us away, and they haven't done that. That doesn't mean they won't. They started slow last year as well. But we're waiting on Rattler and Oklahoma to kind of show us what we're truly, truly believing these guys are capable of. 17 points is a lot to lay. I find myself leaning to West Virginia. But I'm also worried that this is the big breakout game at night national television in Norman where the Oklahoma offense finally finds itself. And I think that West Virginia offensive line is going to struggle with Oklahoma's defensive line. So I kind of lean first half under. I think maybe it gets off to a slow start and then they pick it up. I want to play West Virginia, but Fitz, I don't think I'm going to get there by game time. I really don't. We're talking to Joe Fortenbaugh, getting the straight talk, straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. So uh, I want to make everybody the smartest person in the room. Like what's a really good play that you like in college football where somebody can walk into the bar tonight or tomorrow morning and say, hey, this is one that I feel really confident about that might be a little off the radar. Army minus seven and a half over Miami of Ohio. Army is three and zero and averaging forty four points per game. But forget about all that for a minute. Look at what they can do in the trenches. They're averaging three hundred and thirty one rushing yards per game this season. Shockingly, that's only third best in all of college football. But it's going to be enough, in my opinion, against Miami of Ohio, whose weakness guess what, is defending the run, 109th in opponent yards per carry. Very difficult to game plan for the triple option that Army likes to deploy. They're averaging a time of possession of 41 minutes per game, which keeps their defense fresh. I'd lay 7.5 with Army over Miami of Ohio. Okay, so Joe, I've gone an hour and 40 minutes and 23 seconds into this show without laying on any thick Raiders take, so i got to get your thought on one thing. Okay, just just one thing. I'm just saying, just one thing. I'm a little excited there i'm looking here and it looks like the current line we have from caesars is three and a half point favorite but the dolphins have really struggled uh to to maintain maintain any sort of pass blocking and the raiders defense has been great with the pass rush like how confident should i be in the raiders minus three and a half i hate to do this to you but you should not be confident you definitely should not be confident everyone is going to bet the raiders this weekend in fact the raiders were minus four everyone loves the raiders and it came down to three and a half I wonder why that is. This is when you zig while everybody else is zagging, all right? The look-ahead line, which was the point spread that came out last week for this game, was pick them. Then the Raiders beat the Steelers, and the Dolphins got crushed by Buffalo. Line came back out at minus four. That is a huge over-adjustment, huge. Miami getting blanked, 35 nothing. they're going to have a good week of practice. And it tells you something that Tua gets ruled out and they drop off to Jacoby Brissett and the point spread didn't move at all. That's a bad sign for Miami. Like if that's your franchise guy and he's worth nothing to the point spread versus the backup, you should be highly alarmed. But that's a conversation for another day. Brissett's a pro. He's been around. He can make some plays. I think the number's too big. The, the sharp guys are going to be playing the Miami Dolphins in this game. Miami's 10-1 and one against the spread in their last 11 games when giving up 30 points the previous week the defense will rally here now again this isn't to crap all over your beloved Raiders I don't want to do that what we do in this industry we don't we don't play teams and we don't play jerseys we play numbers we play prices 
It's just like putting two T-bones next to each other. If they're exactly the same, but one's $20 and the other's $45, you're going to take the one that's 20 That's value. In this situation, there is value grabbing three and a half or four with the Miami Dolphins. Which is why, ladies and gentlemen, I never bet on my beloved Raiders. It's Boo. just too much for my heart. It's too much for my heart. I can't do it. I can't. I, I, I just When they play, any, I, I played a parlay one time years ago. I got every game but the Raiders game right, and it was when the Raiders were really good, and it was a backdoor cover, and ever since then, I've been like, I'm out. I cannot handle that emotionally. Uh, I, I still love you, though, buddy. Like, you know what? I was, I was Fitz, going... You should bet against them. Hey, listen, hear me out. It's called the emotional hedge. Bet against them, and either they win and your team wins, or they lose and you make money. Either way, you come away with something. Yeah, but I'm cheap, all right? Like, I was going to invite you out to dinner, and the best choice you were going to get was, like, Moons Over My Hammy at Denny's, right? Like, that's my idea of a nice meal, all right? So, uh, Moons Over My Hammy still on me next time I'm in Vegas. So, we appreciate you. Joe Fortenbaugh, appreciate your time, my friend. Have a glorious weekend. Thanks for giving me all the expertise. Love you, Fitz. Thanks for having me on. You're the best, buddy. ESPN betting expert Joe Fortenbaugh joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Seriously, be sure to check him out. All over the ESPN platform. Bet is a great show uh, digitally. Wherever you stream on live stream, whether it's Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, uh, ESPN Plus, you can even, like I said, YouTube has all that stuff out there archived. Go search it. Go watch it. It's great. We're brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. It's Friday. We're getting in the club together. You guys get to take over the passenger seat here, the driver's seat, I should say. Uh, we're going to let you take over. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. It's a great way to preview a ton of games. You got one. What's a one game going to be? So many of you guys want to get in that we're going to let you do it. Plus, I'm going to tell you why Fortinball is wrong, and the Raiders are going to thump the Dolphins. That's all coming up. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Free song all time. Don't at me. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel lady. Again, fourth wall, you're not supposed to really acknowledge the music when we come back because it's available on the podcast, like the show's available on the podcast. Get it wherever you get your podcast every single night. And uh, let's be real, like they don't put the music in the podcast because, again, fourth wall, they'd have to pay extra licensing for it. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah, so I'm making the podcast right now, this music is not going in there. Yeah. So for everybody listening in the podcast, that was Superstition. And what you should do while you listen to, like, just rewind it, 30 seconds, and uh, pull out your phone on, uh, and another device. Go two devices, play a little Superstition, let us bump it in. That, that, that's what we what we got to do here. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you. Uh, Renee doing a killer job with the music tonight, by the way. I think I'm going to start doing this when I'm solo, just giving people random fun facts they didn't ask for about the rejoin music constantly at least until the bosses tell me not to it's Spain and Fitz on ESPN radio Jason Fitz flying solo we're brought to you by Goodyear with you for every mile on the road to greatness Goodyear more driven I'll be honest I plan on coming in here and waxing about my beloved Raiders but there are so many of you on hold I want you guys to take over I love the fact that this is interactive triple eight say ESPN 888-729-3776 you can try the lines are stacked right out you can try and get in but in the meantime we're going to get through some of these you got one what's the game going to be and why this is great we're all having a good night we don't need to waste time with that get straight to what's the game going to be and why and we will start with Ivan in California Ivan thanks for calling the show man what's the game going to be and why Oh, it's easily the Bears versus the Browns. I got my guy Justin Fields starting his very first game against Baker Mayfield. The Mac Daddy hasn't been uh, producing number-wise, so hopefully he gets off the schneid, uh, sacking Baker, i say 2.5 times. Uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt on the other side of the uh, field. OBJ is coming back. So, I mean, it's a no-brainer for me. It's the Bears and Browns. 
Yeah, you know, and when you break it, thanks for the call, man. When you break it down like that, there's so much stinking star power in this matchup, and there's expectations. Expectations for today for the Browns, expectations for the future with Justin Fields, and you're right. Khalil Mack, uh, I expect to get off the schneid at some point. He's just too stinking talented not to take over when he wants to. Uh, Aliyah in Indiana, what's your one game going to be and why? It's got to be Notre Dame versus Wisconsin. What are you looking for in that one? Well, I'm a Notre Dame fan, live in South Bend. So uh, I don't understand why Wisconsin is the favorite in this game when both defenses have been very good, but Notre Dame's offense has been better than Wisconsin's, and they have a better quarterback. Oh, man, I really want to agree with you. And thanks for the call. I I, I do. I genuinely want to agree with you. I have the luxury on Saturdays because I, for anyone that doesn't uh, watch on digital, I host two different college football shows, the college football show from 7 to 8 p.m. with Harry Douglas and the college football wrap-up show from 11 to 11.30 p.m. So one of the great things about being on campus all day is that Harry and I watch football all day together. And I usually find myself in the afternoons uh, on the set of the ACC Network watching with Jordan Cornette, lifelong uh, uh, lifelong uh, Notre Dame fan. Uh, obviously, he went there. And uh, I, I hang out with Golik all the time, right? So everybody knows that I, I, I feel like I'm pretty in tune to Notre Dame. Neither of them feel confident about this game. And, and the real reason why is the offensive line is so banged up for Notre Dame. I just I don't know that it's even a fair matchup. I think there's a real, there's a real issue. I, I honestly think Wisconsin's going to win this game. And it's not because I disrespect Jack Cohn, but Jack Cohn didn't look great until Jack Cohn looked great at the end of a game against Tulsa. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, there were higher expectations that, from that from Notre Dame. All right, let's get to the next call on You Got One, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776-CAM. Uh, what do we got next here? Got to get over to that screen. Give me one second, y'all. There's so many of you on hold. We got to get it figured out. My bad, out. man. We're really no. getting some inside baseball here today. Let's go. Let's go to Polo in St. Louis. Polo, what's the one game you got and why? I got the Saints and the Patriots. I'm a big Saints fan, and I think Week 3 is a huge game for the Saints to see whether they're going to be able to come back from the, the, the defeat that they got against the Panthers in Week 2. All right, so let me ask you a follow-up question before you go away here. Like, we were all high on Jameis, and then we were all low on Jameis. Now Jameis takes on Bill Belichick. Uh, will his performance in this game impact the way you feel about your quarterback position? Uh, honestly, a little bit, yeah. I was really high on Jameis uh, all offseason whenever uh, he was actually signed to the Saints. I believe Jameis was a better quarterback than Taysom, but if he doesn't perform this week, then I really have no idea. Yeah, and look, I'm with you on this, by the way. I, we always talk about the interceptions with Jameis without crediting any of the actual pro- productivity that he's had. I think we give him a bad rap on some of this, but inconsistency is part of that rap, and that's what he's looked like through two, uh, through two weeks. Big Al in St. Louis, when I see the word Raiders, you get in on my show, dang it. Big Al, what's the one game and why? Hype me up, brother. You know what it is. Just win, baby. All day long, Raiders for life in the middle of Chief country here in Lake St. Louis, Missouri. Chiefs, you suck. Andy, quit eating. All right? For the love of God. <laughs> so, I just want to tell you, it's always, always Raiders on my – I got direct. I got the ticket. My man cave is loaded with stuff from the Raiders. Marcus Allen, who I happen to know, has got a helmet signed for me with all his records. I got a Raider helmet with all the Hall of Famers on the other one. And I'm Raiders for life. I got a, a glow that at night you put it on, you know, and it lights up your house. I put it on my buddy's garage. He's a chief fan. I put it on there and I knocked on the door. I go, you might want to check this. He come out. He's ready to kill me. I had the Raiders <laughs> lit up on his garage. 
And uh, a couple more things real quick. How about my St. Louis Cardinals, 13 in a row, baby? Here we come. Uh, and Stan, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. And Stan Crocky, you're an ass. We got you by the shorts on this lawsuit here in St. Louis, so you better bring your checkbook. And Jerry, yours too, because we ain't settling, baby. We want some skin. All right, thanks, thanks for the call, big Al. Uh, look, and, and yes, kudos to the Cardinals for their run. Uh, but yeah, anytime you call about the Raiders, you're going to get in. I love these man cave stories. That's just the way it works. Graham in Dallas, you got one. What's it going to be and why? Hey, Fitz, I'm going to go with Eagles-Cowboys, my man. That's a big game a Monday big game. night. Dak's going to have the big Jordans on, so going with that one, man. And then also pony up in Fort Worth. Go SMU against TCU. Oh, look at that. I like getting that little love in there. Sam, real quick in Tennessee. We're, we're, we're up against it, Sam. Give it to me quick. What's your game? Chicago and Cleveland, man. Uh, I've, been, I've been riding with the Bears since McMahon. I've seen all these quarterbacks, so I'm ready for a new generation and hopefully a beatdown. Oh, sub. man, thanks for the call, Sam. I, I cannot thank you guys enough, but don't forget, tune in for a football doubleheader Sunday. Saints battle the Patriots, followed by Seahawks and Vikings. Coverage begins at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I love it when you guys take the show over because Friday nights is all about passion. If we can't have fun, if we can't get fired up, I'm going to be fired up throughout the course of the weekend because it's too early in the season not to be. Freddie and Fitzsimmons coming up next. They've got the entire roster of the 85 Chicago Bears joining them tonight. You do not want to miss it.